everyone. This is the Geospatial Index again. Uh, very happy to have Luke on, the CEO of SkyFi, um, an Earth observation company in the States. Um, so, Luke, without further ado, could we hear the elevator pitch for SkyFi? Yeah, first, Will, um, thanks for having me on. Super excited to talk to you. I think we'll get into a lot of uh, super fun stuff. But yeah, at SkyFi, we're an Earth observation marketplace company. Um, you know, our mission is to easify the access to Earth observation data and imagery for the whole world. Um, you, we take a partnership approach. Um, so we partner with satellite companies, drone companies, airplane companies, balloon companies, and analytic companies, and pair that together with a you know, very beautiful user interface, user experience that allows people to understand this amazing technology flying overhead. And so that's what we do. Sure, okay. So my next question is about the niche that you dominate. Um, I'm interested to know a bit more about that given that you said it's a global marketplace. Yeah, yeah, yeah it's, a good, it's a good question because I think, you know, when you say the word niche, um, you know, a lot of people think about like what narrow vertical are we solving for? And I think, you know, as we as we looked across the industry when we started SkyFi, we found that was kind of some of the faults um, in the industry. So, you know, when I say we have we have a global presence or a global marketplace, I truly mean that. Since SkyFi launched our first initial product offering January 17th of 2023, you know, we went viral. So we're in 185 countries of the world hundreds of thousands of user sessions, you know, tens of thousands of individual accounts created, um, you know, for this thesis that, you know, people don't want to solve or use a platform that solves one little vertical. Um, we want to solve it all. And, you know, with that, you know, on the partnership approach, you know, we partner with various different types of sensor operators and, you know, satellites, drone, balloon, airplane, like I said, and then the analytic companies is what we're integrating as we as we speak. But with that, that allows us to solve for the masses where, you know, let's say you, you're an electro-optical satellite company, where you're going to solve electro-optical satellite problems for that consumer base. And then if you're a hyperspectral company, you're going to solve for people that understand hyperspectral. And by the fact that we partner with everyone, you know, it's a much more diverse offering for folks. Um, and so when we look at our our customer base, you know, we see a wide, wide variety. And I don't exaggerate when I say we hear almost a different use case every day and what we're solving for. You know, so we have everyone from, you know, just curious people that want to see a transparent view into the earth from, you know, from their bedroom while they're drinking their cup morning coffee to business professionals that are in agriculture, um, you know, insurance, real estate, you know, mining, you name it, and then, you know, some defense as well. So, you know, we're seeing this, this thesis come to life or come to life where, you know, it's about the easification, you know, word that we like to use instead of democratization. I think a lot of people are, they hear democratization, it just kind of goes in one ear and out the other, but easifying it, you know, much in the way where, you know, before Uber existed in the world, you know, could you get a taxi ride? Yeah, absolutely. But it was super painful. You didn't know the price. You didn't know like the timing. You had to talk to a person on the phone like, hey, I'm the guy in the purple shirt on the corner. You get in, you have to explain directions. Well, Uber came and made it all easier and expanded this whole market. Um, so it's the same thing we're doing in, in that parallel. Is we're opening up this market to people that haven't had access. So the niche 
aspect is you know, we're actually you know counter to that. We want to solve for all these use cases, and it's very possible with what we're doing. You sound ambitious. Um, I'm reminded of a recent podcast uh, with Aravin. I think it's the TerraWatch Space podcast. Yeah. And there was a Slovenian guest he had on. I'm terribly sorry, I've forgotten his name, but he said that what you guys are trying to do, partner with all of the imagery providers and have a global offering is really hard. And he said, oh, was it? No, maybe it was mine behind maps. Sorry. I think it was, yeah, it was mine behind maps. That, the guy who runs that has a earth observation background. And he's, I think he said at the beginning of his career, he was told by his boss to avoid doing what you're trying to do. Um, so, okay. Glad yeah, to, yeah. yeah I, I can expand on that if, if you'd like. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, I, I think, you know, a large part of the industry and, and Aravind and the TerraWatch, a really good friend of SkyFi, you know, you know, really appreciate his, um, his viewpoints, you know, you know, myself and the other co-founder of SkyFi, Bill Perkins, we were on his, his podcast a while back and very, very good. And we preface it with like, this is probably going to be the least geospatial oriented podcast that Arvin does because, you know, Bill and I are not geospatial people. We don't have GIS backgrounds. Um, and to that point, why I think it's been very hard and we've seen companies fail that have tried to do this in the past with a partnership approach is it is very difficult. You have to understand the partnerships, the you know, the agreement, the business models, but more importantly, you have to understand what the customers want. You know, what are their pain points? How are you solving for that? Because it's not about you know the latest greatest resolution or or widget on a satellite or it, like people don't care about that. They just want their answers solved or their questions solved to get the answers and move on. And so we built this team at SkyFi. You know, 99% of us don't come from the geospatial world. We come from trying to solve these pain points. And, you know, that has served us well where we're coming from Uber. You know, I spent years at Uber. I had a product was at Uber. A CTO was at Uber. Most of my software engineers are at Uber. And big tech companies that understand building products for millions of people, not solving, you know, problems for a couple hundred customers um, for it. So, yeah, I, lo I love the the... The aspect of everyone every time somebody tells me like us oh, has been tried before and it's hard i'm like yeah but we're actually looking at it from a different viewpoint um you know and we're not coming from this biased view of building geospatial tools by geospatial people you know we are non-geospatial people you know integrating this technology for the masses yeah sure and interesting you mentioned uber because my my background image for this episode is actually um, from a, a recent tweet about the H3 index from Uber. So it looks, it looks familiar. Yeah, it looks <laughs> familiar. Cool. Okay. So we're kind of, I guess, looking at uh, you being a middleman. Um, and this is sort of about, oh, my next question, I guess, is about sort of the business um, in a roundabout way. So what's the skin in the game of the owners and management, for example, yourself? Are you an owner? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Owner, owner, co-founder. Um, yeah, you know, Bill and I, you know, started this and built a great team, you know, around this. And you know, on the on the if the questions are on the business model, you know, happy to get into that as well. But I think more importantly of of skin in the game is you know, everyone in this company, 
you know, experience the pain points at one time or another of how to acquire satellite data and imagery. And again, we've focused most of the conversation on the satellite side because that's what we have for an offering, but we've got the Bloom partners and drone partners coming. Um, and I want to talk about the APIs and why the industry is so slow in this later. But in terms of skin in the game, we've seen the problems. You know, I was in the military a long time ago. Um, and, you know, and seeing the pain points there of, you know, I needed imagery, yet I had to go through this bureaucratic process of getting satellite data and imagery. Um, you know, most of the company on the foundation of it with Bill using it for his hedge fund of, you know, trying to spend a lot of money and still having to talk to humans to get satellite imagery and data where we live in a world now where I can buy a house online, I can buy a car online, I can get groceries delivered to my front door. You can find a, you know, a date online using one of the various, you know, apps, the league or Tinder or whatever you have. Yet I can't get a satellite image delivered to me without talking to a human. Like the process is broken. So we have this skin in the game going, we need to solve this problem because it's not just about satellite imagery. It's about, you know, changing the world for the better and a very you know, interesting, you know, aspect is I think it's just a natural evolution of technology where if we look at 100 years ago, people only knew what they read about in their, you know, their small town newspaper or what they physically saw. Now we have the ability to see across the world almost instantaneously. And once, once you know, I'm a believer in once people see things that that drives action. You know, if you if you just kind of hear about it and like maybe read about it, you know, it's like, oh, but if you see things firsthand, that's when you drive action. So the skin of the game aspect of, yes, you know, we we I also like the term, um, you know, from Uber, the phrase is, you know, the people on this team are owners in the term of ownership into this model. We're not renters, meaning we're not just like, ah, I'm just here for a short time. Like we believe in this mission of changing the world. And that's what we're, we're doing. This guy. Okay, oh, sounds like a, a great team to be to be a part of. Yeah, I appreciate the leadership there. Um, okay, so how are you working backwards from customer needs? And I guess um, an important sort of bit of background for this question maybe continues the theme that others have said this is really hard. And I think um, that one of the main points from that Minds Behind Maps um, podcast was that the partners might not see the value in selling their data to a middleman they might just want people to come directly to them um you know in the end the the fee for the middleman won't be put on top of, of what they're offering um so in that context um especially to do with um costs how are you working backwards from customer needs yeah yeah really good question you know so when we started skyfi you know, we're coming from a customer aspect of you know we are solving our own pain points um, but prior to launching our first product, the majority of 2022 was spent really in two areas. One, talking to customers, doing surveys, interviews, you know, the, the frame, uh, the, the phrase I like to use is like, we got out of the building, you know, using this lean methodology of a startup and talk to the customers across a wide variety of technology. It makes it a lot easier. We can get those data points really fast. We understood that people wanted diversity of selection they wanted you know to come to an app or you know a product that you don't have to talk to a human you you just put in your credit card get go about your business and go so that was one thing that we just kept on getting punched in the face on is like it has to be easy has to be quick has to be efficient and then the other part of 22 
was talking to partners, talking to you know every satellite company you can imagine and and going, you know what we are doing is is we're not necessarily the middleman. We are your customer touch point. We are solving for the customers um, because here's what they're saying. And you know another kind of analogy that that comes up in the the arena is, if and I'll get to in a second is if you're trying to build hardware and trying to operate a service and trying to do all the customer pain points, that's that's very difficult to do. And in the aerospace world, it would be like Boeing trying to operate multiple airlines and providing a customer interface and solving for flight cancellations where it's like, hey, Boeing, you know what? You build the airplanes. I'm Delta Airlines, I'll take care of all the customers and we'll, we'll operate. That's what we are doing. Yeah. Um, and it it all comes down to, you know, again, diversity of selection for the customers. But then when we talk to the satellite operators, you know, the big thing is we're not cannibalizing their business. We're increasing the piece of the pie. We're We're broadening out the awareness and increasing the piece of the pie. They can still sell to their customers, their niche customers, you know, all day long, we're bringing up about more additional revenue because it's really advantageous to them because it's all through APIs. You know, it's a little bit of non-recoverable engineering, you know, get the APIs done, which the industry is absolutely way behind that. You know, it's an afterthought, um, you know, for most companies we talk to, it's like, hey, we'll put this amazing technology in space and then we'll figure out the API and customer side. I don't know how many times I've heard that, Anyone that tells me that I'm like, you're about to get punched in the face with reality where, you know, trying to solve for an API. And I don't know how many times I've heard the phrase too. And we'll just hire a bunch of engineers to build it. I'm like, good luck. Um, that is much harder said than done. But then having that customer touch point too and understanding those those pain points about delivering it. Yeah, you know, I think most companies are trying to bowl the ocean. You know, a lot of satellite call satellite companies call themselves tech companies they're not they're satellite companies and they need to focus on just the best technology going into space uh, for a lot of reasons yeah there's a few really nice things you said though i love the image in my mind of you telling your and yourself going out of the building um and actually you know talking to customers maybe visiting their offices um i don't know shaking hands in the street whatever um i, I like that more active approach um I, another thing, I, I feel you, you said that it's a benefit almost you coming from outside of geospatial, outside of the Earth observation industry. Um, there's a theme here of your team and yourself being familiar with systems that work at scale, a global scale, Uber, for example. Um, I can't help but feel that this is going to be a real boon. Um, and I don't, I, I don't want to sound biased here, like I'm trying to flatter a podcast guest, but it, genuinely, I think people in the industry um, really feel and know um, that we need people who are familiar with systems at a global scale. We just need, you know, our particular type of data put through um, those pipes, if you like. Okay, so yeah. Maybe, yeah. And, and I wouldn't mind adding adding on to that, because I, I do think, you know, timing is everything for startups. You know, 10 years ago, could we do this? I don't think so, because, you know, with, with the advent of the iPhone and connectivity across the world and data pipelines, they weren't robust enough. And then, you know, the, the space industry itself was still, you know, 99% government, you know, don't quote me on that percentage, but, you know, thanks to the likes of Elon Musk and SpaceX, if you look at the inflection point for timing, over the last 10 years, there's roughly like 300 satellites launched a year. The next 10 years projected forward, there's about 1,700 being launched a year. 
they're at this inflection point where there's it's cheaper to get to space, meaning there's more innovation, meaning there's more companies that can physically afford to create something and get to space. And then now it's about democratizing, you know, that that ability, but really like we say, easifying the access to it. Um, so I think we're at an incredible inflection point. You know, cell phones and web applications are are much you know, more cost effective to build. And we've learned these lessons how to reproduce reproduce technology to get to scale. And I think, you know, companies that have tried this in the past, they just haven't seen it. And the other thing too on that is a lot of companies that have tried this and we're seeing it real time with a couple companies I won't name is they tried to hire all the data scientists, all the engineers to build all the analytics. And you can never hire enough people. There's just way too many use cases to solve for it. And pretty soon your CapEx is so high, you you just you just can't afford it. So that's why we take this partnership approach. We partner with the best and then we provide that offering. Yeah. Another really nice um, point you made. I love the, the airline analogy. Um, and it reminds me of Google Flights or Cheapo Air, um, you know, Priceline. Um, yeah, you, you leave the well, the aircraft manufacturers to manufacture the aircraft, the airlines even um, to run the run the, the the flights. But then you have another level of aggregation on top um, to present it all in a single interface with a single account, a single payment card, um, and away you go. You've got a global audience um, happily consuming the service. So, um, yeah, I'm beginning to understand. I think um, uh, the value you offer. Um, so maybe then as a, a metric of how well you are doing in working backward from customer needs, how fast is, is customer growth? Yeah, it is. Yeah, I'm very happy and the whole team is happy. So when we, you know, we launched on January 17th of this year, you know, I thought it was going to be kind of slow. I thought it was going to take a lot of customer education be like, here's the app, here's what, you know, it is, you know, we, you know, we had a big push starting last year with our social media presence, because that's another thing I think a lot of companies don't take advantage of, of this, you know, essentially free advertising, you know, Instagram and LinkedIn and Twitter, one, it's fun, but two, you reach the masses very quickly. So when we launched on January 17th, you know, we just saw this viral trend where, you know, we went viral, we're in Hacker News trending for all the, you know, the the techies out there. That's a big thing to be, you know, fed up on. Hacker News is a very big endorsement, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so we're on there in the comments and what was awesome is you just get, you know, this brutal feedback right away, you know, from the masses. You're like, I like this and why is this? And you just have to be like, this is so valuable. You can't yep. take it personal. Um, so that was great. And then, you know, quickly re we reached 180 plus countries in the world where we had user sessions. And so that was great. And then we saw this thesis of people signing up for the app where, you know, it started out to be, you know, tens and then hundreds a day since this company was created. And that has continued where we have hundreds of people creating accounts a day going, okay, this is clearly something. So now we're at, I don't know, the, you know, 20,000 plus customers. Now, caveat is they're not all purchasing. You know, some of them are like, cool, this is awesome. They're purchasing maybe low volume, really cool, interesting pictures across the world as we start pivoting to more of the business use case. But we did that very strategically to go, let's test this market. Let's get a whole bunch of customer feedback because what is needed is, you know, what do people like? What don't they like? It wasn't about revenue, you know, in the in these very early months that we're here. It's about like, let's refine this as fast as possible, get this decision-making cycle going, refine the app. We just had a big product release yesterday with some really good customer feedback. Um, 
that we implemented and we're going to continue that cycle. So yeah, so we've had you know, hundreds of thousands of user sessions, um, you know, tens and tens of thousands of, of accounts and purchases, thousands of images sold. And again, fairly narrow offering with Electro Optical and SAR and as new satellite technology, as our hyperspectral partners get up into space, that just adds more value. And that brings those, those customers that are just waiting for hyperspectral to come. And the same thing with balloons and airplanes and everything else. So yeah, phenomenal growth. Um, yeah, really excited with, with that, where we're at. Sorry, I have to ask, I've got a cheeky question. So do you have any uh, partnerships with Chinese uh, balloon companies? <laughs> uh, no Chinese balloon companies. Uh, no, no, uh, no, we don't. But but at that same time, you, we partner with people all over the world. You know, there's, there, you know, because there's a diversity of selection, you know, it depends on where you are. Some people care about is this a Chinese satellite or not? You know, what we're finding that most of our companies or countries and customers don't care. They just want the data, you know, and, I, and it's it's really easy to, you know, get down a, a path of, of, you know, frustration and anger over, over choices across the world. But our mission is, you know, we're democratizing and easy finding the access for this to the world. We've got partners all over the world, Kenya, Spain, like you name it will partner and our customers will decide, um, you know, for what we're doing. So, so very comfortable with our approach so far. Um, again, cause we love everyone in the world. And I think, you know, the mission that we talked about is this transparent view into earth is if you can bring that transparent view into earth, it brings people closer and you really understand, you know, who this, you know, this person on the other side of the planet is by seeing their conditions and their, and their, you know, everyone's just trying to, you know, make a living, get by and live a, live a great life. You're absolutely right. It humanizes everyone. Yeah. And, and one thing I've always appreciated since I first studied remote sensing, I think it would have been 2009 at uni, um, was remote sensing images don't have borders. Exactly. Exactly. And that, that gets lost on people where, you know, it's like, you know, you just have to bridge the gap and you realize we're all the same. We're all just trying to, you know, to to make a living and have a great life. And you you like you can physically see it, you know, uh, across the world. Yeah, no, I, I appreciate that we can talk about these more meaningful things um, too on, on this podcast and in the context of this industry. Yeah. Um, okay, so have you solved the problem that led to the creation of SkyFi? How fast can you return imagery for commodities traders? What's your coverage and periodicity? Yeah, so we've got, um, there's really two big buckets of, of how to purchase satellite imagery and, and balloons and drones all fit in the same bucket more or less. There's the historical or archive imagery, but what we call existing imagery. Most people don't understand archive or historical. So existing imagery, you know, satellites fly overhead, they store in a database. We can pull from that, you know, almost instantaneously from the time you place an order. You know, it's an hour or two, you know, we want to make sure the QC process is great. That'll get faster and faster. On the new image or what the industry calls tasking ability, we call get a new image because that's very self-explanatory to people. Um, it really varies, but you know, we've seen it within 24 hours. So now this is tasking a satellite, you know, getting a new image by tasking a satellite through our app. Just drag a drop box, hit submit, hit pay, goes out to the virtual constellation and says, okay, you know, Satellogics satellite is best served to solve Will's, uh, Will's AAY. You know, we've seen it, you know, quicker than 24 hours, just depends on when you hit that queuing cycle. But 
you know, 24 to 48 hours, depending on what type of sensor you want, is about average. Now we're seeing that that is going to decrease, you know, very much. Like you have to enter the market. We're seeing, you know, new technologies come, laser link communications where the download is faster. Um, and, you know, the more supply we have, and that's to one of the earlier points, the more sensors we have, you know, the greater the offering and that faster delivery um, time comes. So it also depends on, like I said, the sensor type where if it's SAR, like from one of our partners, Umbra, all yep. weather, doesn't right. matter, you can get it. If it's electro-optical, if it's cloudy, if it's winter, like you can't get your image. So you may have to wait a little while. So in a large part of, of what we're doing is, is the customer education. You know, For those folks unfamiliar in the app and in our website and social, we have to you know explain this. You know, Because again, everyone today in the world is used to like instantaneously. You can get the news instantaneously. You can get food delivered to your door instantaneously. So you have to match that expectation and, and do it but yeah that's that's what we're doing on the commodity side yeah same thing if you're looking at you know coal piles or fracking crews or you know um you know ships and ports you know up and down the mississippi river barge counts car counts you know it just really depends on all those factors but faster is obviously better and that's what we're we're solving for okay so in the context of trading probably the most high profile remote sensing uh issue that was addressed or could be addressed by remote sensing would have been the Suez Canal blockage by that um, uh, super, well, the yeah. large ship. Um, so you said it's within 24 hours. So if I wanted to request by your app, um, I don't know, a square kilometer somewhere over the Suez Canal where there's a ship that's come aground, how much would it cost? Yeah, so again, depends on the sensor type, but um, our minimum archive or existing image starts at about 20 bucks. Um, wow. You know, so that, yeah, so very cheap. Because again, we negotiate with our partners. People want smaller scene sizes, and those will get smaller as we get some of our, our different partners on board. We get to down a square kilometer. Because again, I'm a big believer, smaller is better, and you just, you know, buy more to get that unit price. Um, and then on the, requesting a new image by tacking a satellite. Our SAR minimum order size is 16 square kilometers. Yep. And so that starts at a couple hundred, I think it's about 300 bucks. I'll have to, I'll have to look at Umbra's pricing for their, their lowest resolution. And then it gets just more expensive for the higher resolution, which they have 25 centimeter resolution for SAR, which I've ordered some, you know, I ordered some drink in my Sunday morning coffee. Um, I remember you posted uh, that on Twitter. Yeah, about in East Africa, and I saw the image, and it's it's amazing. Um, again, you're going to pay for that, but Umber's pricing is, you know, significantly reduced from any other competitor out there. And Umber is about to, to really change the game as they get more satellites up. Um, but then on Electra Optical, the minimum size is 25 square kilometers yep. and that that price starts at 175 dollars um for okay, us. so that, that's so, really yeah. cheap yeah because i think a lot of people you know i've been in gis since, uh, since i guess 2010 um for me i think we purchased uh for a, i worked on a the bergen oil field the last largest oil field in, in kuwait uh 2013 to 2017. we purchased worldview two imagery i think um i 
Ripple was about six thousand US dollars, um, and then it was another thousands of, of extra dollars to author rectify the damn imagery, um, which they didn't do. So I I had to do it by hand using SRTM data, which was fun. Um, okay, so hundreds <laughs> of dollars. Well, yeah, uh, yeah. I, I have to ask. I've, I've got another cheeky question. So, given that you've mentioned Umbra, um, is there is there an extra fee we can we can pay for a, an autograph from Joe Morrison on the uh, Umbra SAR? Uh, <laughs> I will. I will. Joe lives just down the street from me in in Austin. Here, I see him all the time. I'll. I can make that happen. I'm, I'm sure. Right. Joe. Joe's a good good buddy. Good. Uh, Excellent on Twitter. We're grabbing dinner tonight, actually, for uh, for uh, this space dinner meetup. So I'll, I'll mention that. Um, but yeah, but on the on the economics too, um, you know, Gabe, the the president, Umbra, likes to say the word, you know, the phrase unit. It's all about unit economics, and it really is. And what you know, related to that, what we're changing the industry is, you know, we're selling smaller scene sizes. We're helping grow the pie for our our partner network. Um, but we don't do contracts. We can do contracts for payment if it makes it easier for companies, if they don't want the burden of paying each time. If you want to be like, hey, I want to spend 20K a month, we're like, cool, we'll make it easy. You don't have to. Um, but historically, what we've seen from the industry is the sales cycle goes with how much do you want to buy a year? So sign up for you know 150K a year. And then when you buy images within that bucket, it's a hundred square kilometers or you yeah. know, very massive scene size. And so of course it's gonna be more expensive where the oil field in Kuwait you worked at, you probably needed a fraction of that. Um, but yet yeah. that was their business model. That's what they sold you. So we're, 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 you know, we're changing that because it's like the analogy back to Uber. If it was like, I was like, hey, Will, you can use Uber, but you have to pay a hundred thousand dollars a year. And uh -huh. every trip you take is gonna be on a semi where you're like, no, yeah. I wanna ride in a Toyota Prius and pay as I go. Um, so that's that's the big difference for what we're doing. Ah, yeah, another great analogy. Yeah, appreciate that. Okay, so it seems the stock market is suspicious about your niche, I'm sorry to say. Um, there's a bloodbath in EO stocks. So what's the signal that customers are sending here? I think there's a bloodbath in all of the stocks. You know, over the last couple of years, especially the SPACs. Um, if you look across you know, the space industry, the finance industry, the aerospace industry, everyone that, that did a SPAC, you know, there was a reckoning where prices were inflated, valuations were inflated, companies went to public status way too early before they even had real products out there you know i was i was you know i'm very familiar with you know a lot of the aerospace companies where they're barely flying prototype aircraft yet you're a public company now some of that is you know kudos to investors that were able to get that cash to continue the development but I, I think we're seeing the same parallels in the in the satellite industry where there are very very good public satellite companies that were just guilty by association but then there's some that were just no business model that made sense, you know, jumping on, you know, the SPAC bandwagon. And now we're seeing that that reckoning. And some of them are going to be delisted. You can see that in, in the prices today. Yeah, it, and it's starting, and, and rightfully so. So there's this correction coming. And, you know, there, there's a lot of ways to spin it. But I don't, I don't think it's a signal of 
the earth observation industry. It's just the, the markets globally, you know, overall. So I am not worried about it. The good companies will still prevail. Yes, there may be some short term pain. But then again, you look at a company like Maxar, who is just acquired and they're, they're, you know, they did phenomenal. If you build phenomenal products, people want to use them. And, you know, you just have to weather a little bit of the storm of, of guilty by association. But I, I still remember I was in the venture world just for a little bit. And, you know, prior to starting SkyFi and hearing a, a drone company in the Bay Area that had just better than a hobby grade, hobby grade drone that was barely flying saying, yeah, in six months, we're going to SPAC. And I was like, you guys are crazy. There's no way to do it. And of course they didn't like it. And it was just like this, this mindset of like, well, then we'll just go public. It's like, there's a lot more to it. Um, you know, and it, yeah, it's, it's a mystery, um, you know, for a lot of folks on why that occurred. But again, I don't, I don't think it's a signal at all on the earth observation market. Mm. Yeah, well, I guess you, you've said that um, Skyfire themselves have gone from January to now May and uh, now have 20,000 accounts. Um, so you must be doing something right. And I also liked your, the phrase there, guilty by association, or another one is, you know, throwing the baby out with the bathwater. Um, I can't help but think, you know, from an investor's perspective who wasn't tempted during this back boom, and now that the entire, all of them seem on average to be down about 80%. Silas went from an IPO, so they, they weren't a SPAC. They IPO'd at $27. They're now less than a dollar. I can't help but feel now's the time to get serious, um, get some experts together, figure out which ones are actual babies, <laughs> which ones are bathwater, um, yeah, and make some um, intelligent um, investment decisions. Uh, but yeah. I, I agree. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely you know, across the board for global markets. Again, I don't, I don't, you know, I'm not coming from a position expertise on, on market analysis or anything, but I think we're just seeing a, you know, more realistic valuations, you know, we're, you know, SkyFi, we're just completing our, our second fundraise and seeing the diligence required where investors are asking the hard questions that they should have been asking over the last three years. And now it's just back to that cycle of like, cool, you do have to have a product. You do have to provide value. You can't rely on hype. Um, you know, that, that'll really get you through. And then the same thing with, you know, working. You know, I think we're seeing that with, you know, this remote work push where, you know, it's very difficult to do that and run a very successful company where we take a hybrid approach at SkyFi. We have people all over the world because I really embrace that. Um, but yeah, just the realistic expectations, you know, with the tech layoffs that have, have come from the big tech companies where laying off tens of thousands of people, yeah. you know, the days of, going to work for Google and making, you know, four or $500,000 base salary as a mid-grade engineer, are done. Um, you know, cause that's just not realistic and not what the market will support anymore. So it's, it's definitely an interesting time, but I think amazing companies, if you look back at the 08 housing crash, um, you know, you know, where we're at now and those companies that were built out of those, those tough times are amazing companies because they figured out the value. They figured out how to build right and hard. And I think we're in that, that same boat. Um, yeah, but then very candidly too. Yeah, we've got a lot of, a lot of customers, but again, it's, it's repeat revenue, repeat purchases, providing that value. I would love to say every, you know, one of our thousands, thousands of customers are spending thousands, thousands of dollars. They're not yet. You know, we have to prove out our business model, uh, Okay, I think that leads us nicely um, into the next question, and I'm I'm trying to find a way to to begin to hear more about the the recent release that you tweeted about. Um, so the next question is this one: 
So is Will Caddle, CEO of Spark Geo, right that pixels from EO companies aren't what customers want? For example, how good is the average soybean futures trader at NDVI analysis? Is he right that the way to win is analytics? If so, what is SkyFi doing here? The answer is yes and no. Because um, again, I think it's it's very interesting. Some people like the imagery. You know, there's a lot of beauty in that. There's a lot of questions you can just get answered from looking at pure imagery. But I, I guess I'm 80%, yes, analytics or really asking questions of the data that comes from Earth observation is the answer. You know, I think it's inevitable that, you know, what we do at SkyFi and some other companies will try to do is become this, this Google search of the Earth, you know, where, or more modern day, the buzz, you know, chat GPT of the Earth. Like, sure. <laughs> I have a question, I want an answer. You know, and behind the scenes, it's the analytics that get done on top of the imagery to present that answer. I mean, that is where we're, I think, inevitably will go. Um, but again, I I think most people don't and shouldn't care about the pixels um, for it. I think it's all about the answers, you know, for the vast majority of our customers. Um, and it's it's really interesting because I think, you know, you see some of the the satellite companies you know, I guess the, the point is imagery is going to be a commodity very soon, you know, pretty soon and almost right now you're going to have a plot of earth with 10 different sensor options stacked above it. And you're going to go to the one that answers your question the fastest for the cheapest. Um, and that's where we're going to go. And, you know, again, it's that question of it. So, you know, every operator rightfully so thinks their, you know, their image is better than the partner or you know, the competitor. I mean, but that that's not the case. So I think it does get down to yeah, average soybean you know futures trading price. If you can start answering that, and again we have a a pretty core trading background for for most of SkyFi, especially with Bill Perkins. Um, yeah. And so I think we're pretty pretty uniquely positioned to be you know the leader there. Yeah, I, I guess what I was trying to get at, and, and again, I haven't really done much to do with remote sensing or Earth observation in my career, but I do remember the normalized difference vegetation index um, as a way using near infrared uh, from, well, uh, values from the infrared spectrum to detect the health of, uh, well, chlorophyll action, basically, or um, leaves. And a soybean trader or any kind of, I guess, crop trader might be interested in the health of crops. Um, I guess that's and I suppose there would be a whole bunch of analytics that they might want to yeah. use. And I think, yeah, more probably like what is SkyFi doing here? That is with our partnership approach. Yeah. Excuse me, where we have a ton of analytic partners and you know, we are working you know feverishly to present the answers they can provide in a user format, a user interface, and a user experience that feels magical. Because um, right now, what we could do is go, cool, thank you, customer, you purchased image via Satellogic or Umbra or, or whoever. Um, now go talk to um, one of our analytic partners and get your question solved. That's not the that's not what we're doing. We want to have it all presented for that that customer. And so what we're doing on the back end is the API integration with the partners 
um, to provide that solution very quickly. And you know, in the next coming weeks and months, we're going to start releasing some of our our early versions, similar to what we did in January. This is like push it out to the market. Let's get customer feedback. People like it. Okay, quickly iterate um, and push that out. So yeah, the analytics. I mean, people can go to skyfi.com and and look at partner list. We've got a robust partner list. But what we won't do is release something that is that is feels clunky and is not magical. Um, that is the word that we hear for that. So you, you'll see that soon. Okay. All right. Um, so AI is all the rage. I'm starting to feel it's uh, well and truly, well, it's towards the top of the hype cycle, surely. Um, but deep learning and algorithmic analysis of matrix data sets are not new um, to Earth observation. So does anyone at SkyFi think that the AI mania will be pivotal for the geospatial industry, um, like when the transistor was invented in 1958, leading to you know, um, CPUs? Yeah, really good question. Multiple thoughts on AI. One, I think we're, you know, there, there should be a healthy skepticism on AI as we release it broadly. Obviously, OpenAI with ChatGPT and, you know, what the future of AI looks like is, you know, depend on your viewpoint, could be very scary, very beneficial. You know, there there is just so much on the unknown. I think any company today that is counting on AI to solve their product market fit problems is going to be in for a rude awakening. I think they're they're kind of maybe waving a magic wand and like, oh yeah, we'll integrate AI. I've heard Earth observation companies doing that, startups doing that. I think you have to take just a very deliberate look at how to get it to solve the customer pain point. It's something we're looking at, and I think it'll be inevitable. Most companies will use some form of AI, just like every company almost in the world uses, you know, R, Python, or you know, some sort of coding language. You know, back in the day, you know, people were—I don't think they were skeptical, but it just took a while to adapt. Um, so I think, yeah, there, there's—it's inevitable. But you have to be very deliberate on is it actually solving a problem or are you just trying to say that so some investor will give you money and be like, and we're doing AI because it's a buzzword. Uh, so I think there's there's a lot to be said there. But I do think it's in, you framed it correctly, like AI mania right now. Um, I think there's a whole host of Y Combinator companies, you know, almost all of them are using AI their pitches and I think also probably don't even know how to actually act, actualize it yet. Yeah, I wonder how many of them know what GPT even means. I, I think <laughs> yeah. I found out a couple of days ago, I've already forgotten. <laughs> so, yeah, same same here. Yeah, yeah. I think I'm actually looking for a company that says AI doesn't matter at all. Um, I think that would make me respect them <laughs> at the moment. Um, yeah, right. okay. So maybe I can try to sum up a bit. Um, so I guess one thing that really stood out for me when I came across SkyFi initially was actually the, the almost um, cinematic experience just using your website. Um, for example, it's just it's a nice little white dot um, that your mouse transforms into when you move around on the website. So that shows me, you know, that um, you're a team that cares um, about the, the user and, and wants to um, present things in a, uh, a pleasing way. Um, I understand from what you said that you've partnered with a number of satellite companies, including Synthetic Aperture Radar, uh, but also in the visual spectrum, to provide historical or existing imagery, um, and also sometimes for just hundreds of dollars within 24 hours, 
um, you have a, a, a tasking system to deliver new imagery. Um, you've mentioned that you have an ambition at least to start to enter the analytics market. Um, it sounds like, you know, like everyone, you have some awareness of AI. You've also said that um, there were some new product uh, releases um, for, for SkyFi. So in that context, in the context of that summary, um, how, how are you extending what SkyFi is? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, very clear on the customer feedback, you know, higher resolution is, is a very, you know, clear pain point that people want solved. We, you know, have very high resolution now for electro optical and then super high resolution for SAR via Umbra. Um, we've announced the ability sorry, also. Sorry, sorry, what, what does super high resolution mean actually in terms of? Uh, 25 centimeters, okay, uh, 25 yeah. centimeters for, for um, Umbra. And then we also okay. found, you know, people want, you know, on the ease of vacation side when they have an area of interest to save it and just come back to it. So we have a save AOI feature. Um, and then, yeah, we're, we're just continuing to iterate more where, you know, people also wanted to select different companies like, hey, I only want Satellogic's sensors. So you can select yeah. under more advanced features because I think there's still a healthy thesis like people shouldn't necessarily care about where the imagery comes from. But again, if they want it, great, you can get into advanced features, select Satellogic or select Umbra, and that's what your options will have for you. So with those four big things, very high resolution, super high, with SAR, save your AOI, and then provider selection were just a few of the things we announced yesterday. And you're going to see this trend continue with, you know, just more rapid feature updates and, and product expansion. I, I like the idea of a AOI that you can revisit because that, I guess, takes us back to, for example, that ship that ran aground in the Suez Canal. Um, maybe a journalist might want to see the updates from all the sensors available on your platform. Um, within that AOI as they work to get the ship um, afloat again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Okay, great. Um, so final question then. Um, in the UK, it's possible to undertake a geospatial apprenticeship. So what qualities, skills or ambitions um, should an apprentice have to do well at SkyFi? Yeah, so we're, we, we, we take folks of all kinds, you know, for interns, you know, we've got a whole host of summer interns coming. Um, and they, they span the gamut of venture capital experience, you know, military experience, some geospatial experience. So really, you know, what, what we interview for is people that can solve problems and don't um, have a hesitation to jump in and you know, ask the questions and really prove it out because we're all learning here. So we don't, you know, we'll definitely take you know, geospatial experts, um, but for the large part, re rely on our our aerospace satellite company partners, analytic partners to answer that. But yeah, all types. If you're motivated, you love working, like we will will definitely take you on board for the internship or apprenticeship uh, for you. Sure. Um, so uh, is there anything that stands out in terms of the technology stack um, that would, if somebody had that skill, like, I don't know, JavaScript, for example, um, there would be a yes as opposed to someone who didn't. Yeah, I mean, on the engineering side, I mean, we, we use a whole host of, of you know, platforms for coding. Um, I mean, more diverse, the better, because again, everything is complex and complicated and tied together, there's no, no specifics. Um, on, you know, the business development and partnership side, just again, you know, wide variety of skills, you know, good interpersonal skills, talking to people, but on the tech stack, 
no, I, I don't, I don't want to narrow it down because we've, we've hired people from across every sort of, you know, engineering background and done well. It's more about the motivation. Ah, yeah. And that's a really great message. Yeah. Okay. Um, well, that was it from me. Um, did you have any other things you want to say about SkyFi? Um, otherwise, really appreciate you coming on. <laughs> no, I think we covered it all. Yeah, just really, you know, kudos to you and the and the platform here. And really excited because again, the more of this, the the better as we get all of this out to you know the public. Because there's a, still a lack of awareness. You know, people don't know about you know this amazing technology we're flying overhead and how to use it every day. That's, you know, it takes a whole host of of people, not just one company or two companies to do it. So I really appreciate, uh, yeah, coming on. It was great. It was fun. Sorry, I have to say this. There was another thing that sprang to mind when you were describing, I guess, all the partners. Um, it sounds like network effects might be um, a part of your business here. It's like the more um, platforms you have on, um, the more customers are going to find that one of their questions is answered. Exactly. 100%. I'm a huge fan of network effects. Um, yeah, it's like if you're going to Uber and you only had, you know, Ford F-150 trucks available, no one really used it because you're like, ah, I don't really need that. Um, same thing with us. More the better. People hear about it. You know, that continues a snowball effect. More partners, more partners come to us, more customers. So, yeah, it's it's definitely network effects in this marketplace approach. Great. Uh, if I can, again, try to maybe sum up it, because what I've been the most, uh, the platform I'm familiar with, before I found out about SkyFire that works in the same area is Earth Explorer from USGS, a really clunky web-based system. Um, but what you guys are as an example of the commercial approach um, to this problem um, can produce something that's much more engaging and useful. So, yeah. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate it. Cool, thanks Luke. <laughs> All right, thanks, we'll see ya.